Get the full bonfire experience on your screen. YouTube.com slash bonfire sports. Thumbs up, subscribe. You'll know when we're live. Enjoy the games. Let's get it going on game day, Winnipeg. What's going on, everybody? Darren Baum and Chris Walby getting you set for week 15 in the Canadian Football League. The Bombers are at 12 and 1, Chris Walby. Answer me this Why are the Hamilton Tiger Cats tied for last place in the CFL at 3 and 9? And we're getting a great cup rematch here. Well, you know what I think it is, and I think it basically comes down to one thing, and that's turnovers. They are the worst team for turning the ball. They have 41 turnovers. Uh, like way, you know, they're just uh, terrible there. I mean, they've, they've got the most fumbles. They're right on top of the interceptions. Uh, Dane Evans, who struggled mightily, uh, you know, obviously leads the league with 13 interceptions as an individual quarterback, plus six fumbles. Uh, they just shot themselves in the foot. There's a couple of games where they had the game in hand. And uh, they just... They, they fumbled the ball or they threw an untimely interception and let the other team back in. This is a better team than three and nine. Uh, offensively, they've got some weapons. And Dane is actually saying he feels better after the bye. He's healthy. He feels like his shoulder's as good as it's going to get. He hasn't played for three games. Yeah. And they're not going to get, like, I don't mind Matt Schlitz. Is it Schlitz? Schultz. Schultz. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got beer on the brain. Schlitz. I'm sorry, man. Who was it? Uh, Schlitz. Schlitz later Saturday Night Live, it was Schlitz gay, right? That's that famous Chris Farley, uh, Adam yeah, Sandler yeah. bit, right? With yeah. the, all the dudes in the Speedos at the, at the poolside. Schlitz I, I don't gay? like them. Maddie's pretty good, but yeah, you're right. The other kid, they played, uh, I think they played Jamie Newman against Toronto and he struggled. Yeah. Not uh, ready. Not ready for primetime is Jamie no, Newman. Not, because, it, I mean, it's it one will be Dane Evans. Yeah, but you know what? It's it's one thing to do uh, to have a guy in practice look good. The pressure's not there. The you know, the lights aren't on for real. The bullets aren't flying for real. And all of a sudden, now you're in a game where guys are trying to take your head off. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he just couldn't rise to the occasion. Now he might be a good quarterback down the future. Right now, no, he's not. Uh, I'm excited to see what Dane's going to bring. He's been under the fire. He's taken. Listen, he's fallen on his sword. He blames himself. He does not say that it's anybody. He said he cost him a lot of things. Right. But listen, he's healthy. This is a team that is five and one off the bye week. They're one and zero after the bye week this uh, this year. But they have not won a game against the West. Uh, yeah, there's there's question marks in this team. I will say this: they have a pretty good defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense can fly Talented. around. Uh, I was Talented. listening to uh, Cam Kelly talk the other day, and he feels like they have the best uh, DBs. They are, or they should be ranked in the top. Uh, of the DB category. Um, they have some great players. I mean, uh, we had, we, we know uh, Javon Santos Knox. He was here and was a bomber. Uh, he's, he's a, uh, you know, he's playing very well for Hamilton. Uh, listen, when, they, when, and I look at this is number one team against the run. And I'm talking about tie cats. I mean, you got Micah Johnson, you got Ted Laurent, you got Dylan Wynn. They got you a new love Micah Johnson too. What's that? You're a big Micah Johnson guy. I, I was, I was, uh, I, I mean, he's got a four sacks. He's a horse. I mean, Ted Laurent used to be the horse. Now they got, you know, they're just basically rotating those guys. Yeah. But they're starting a new guy at defensive end. They're lo- they lost Julian Hauser, who was Good leading player. them with five quarterbacks. A great football player. They're getting a guy by the name of uh, Trey Crawford, a first-year guy out of Alabama, Birmingham, is getting his first chance to play. 6'3", 245. You know what? And, I, and we've said this a hundred times. You know, when, when the door knocks or you get a knock on the door and that opportunity opens, you know, you got to take advantage of it. We'll see what this kid does. So I, I'm looking at what's this here about Wade Miller. I don't know. Wade oh, Miller. that was uh, here. I'll throw I'll throw that back up there. So Daryl, who's uh, watching live on YouTube, says uh, he's he didn't know Wade Miller, but he introduced himself to the Blue Bombers president and CEO. When Miller heard that Daryl and his family came from 977 kilometers away Miller gave them sideline passes. Daryl says, total class act. The players are amazingly approachable. It's unreal. 
absolute. This is one of the best things of the Canadian Football League is that it is real down to earth people that care about you. Uh, I yeah. think that's why people love the Blue Bombers and and love going to games and love these athletes, right, Chris? Well, you know what? It's funny. Wade is a great guy. He's a great community guy. He was walking. I was at the Banjo Bowl. I got there early, and I was in the Pinnacle Room, and I, and Wade came over, patted me on the shoulder. The funny thing about Wade is I said, hey, Wade, can I buy a couple of cold ones on your tab? Well, that guy took off out of the pinnacle room like he was still running back. Uh, he was gone in flash. I never seen Wade move that quick. He was gone. So uh, we started laughing. and We went to the alumni alley where we're signing autographs, Rick House, myself, uh, Trevor Cantor, and a bunch of other cats, Willard Reeves. And, and I texted him again. I said, hey, Will, hey, Wade, buddy, come on, man. You can't hide. Come and buy the boys a couple cold ones down in alumni alley. Well, Needless to say, I never heard from him. So I'm happy to hear that he's doing this for other guys. And I, I love the fact that he took care of Daryl and his family. And I love the fact that these people felt it was even worth it to drive, you know, basically almost a thousand kilometers to catch the game. It's a big yeah. game. Obviously, it was a great game. I don't think we've ever seen, aside from the one, Mario Alford returned touchdown. It was about as complete a game as I've ever seen, buddy. No, no question. No question about that. The Bombers were on point in the 18th annual Banjo Bowl. They win their third straight annual classic following the Labor Day Classic. Um, and what stood out to me in that game, Chris, is the Zach Kolaris-led offense. Oh my when God. Kolaris was on the field, seven possessions, seven scores, including yeah. four straight touchdowns in the first half. And it was pretty much over from there, the crowd was into it. The Blue Bombers were into it. And uh, a virus-riddled Saskatchewan Rough Riders team just couldn't play the same game the Blue Bombers were. Um, yeah. How much do you think uh, that affected them? Because you and I, I talked about it. Absolutely. Come on. I mean, you know, yeah. I know people are thinking that's an excuse. But seriously, uh, I, I remember I listened to Cody Fajardo said it was like a triage in there, you know triage with the uh, everybody getting IVs, you know, trying to get their water back in their body. They ate out. They got food poisoning. I've heard two different stories. One, I heard it was something they ate here because I heard uh, Craig Dickinson say that he was out, went for a certain meal, came back, got very sick. He said, I had just got over COVID and I felt worse than when I had COVID. Um, I mean, they had two starting offensive linemen that couldn't play. And if you can't, I mean, they had to drive a guy in the day of the game because they can't fly him out because obviously, yeah. you know, lights. Domagala. The, the, I mean, it's, the it's back crazy quarterback. when you think about it, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is one of those things. Listen, do I think it affected him? Absolutely. Do I think it affected the outcome of the win? No. Uh, the Bombers, I think, even if the uh, Saskatchewan had put together a, you know, their number one team, Zach Kolaris, if that was about as uh, a good a game I've seen a quarterback play. Extended players with his leg like he's done all year. Four touchdowns, I think. It's the fifth time he's done that. League leading 26 touchdowns which is one better than his career best, 25. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's just doing outstanding things. I mean, his receivers, they're, they're on point with him. Uh, Dalton has shown the rookie again with his 10th touchdown tie for the lead. Uh, you know what? He just makes it. And we always talked about it last week. We said one guy that always comes to play every game, but for some reason he plays even better when it's against Saskatchewan. That was Nick Dembski again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, yes, just, he just, I mean, the guy gets open. Makes great plays, great catches, great concentration, a couple of touchdowns. Um, but that was last week. Uh, I like Hamilton because, I mean, one of the things I didn't like, I, I, we knew it was going to come down is Bombers are the number one team on second down and conversion. Uh, do you know they were 20 of 25 in second down conversion versus Saskatchewan? 80%. That's ridiculous. Saskatchewan and, couldn't stop them. Couldn't well, stop. No, they couldn't stop. And that's the thing. We also knew that going in that when we did our Bonfire Sports, uh, the pregame, we did that podcast. We said Saskatchewan was the worst team of getting teams out. Uh, they have the worst second down conversion defense. So, uh, you know, now you look at this team. Conversely, Hamilton, number one team, second down conversion on defense. They're the toughest team. They forced the most two and outs. Yeah. So this Hamilton defense can get the job. And listen, there's no Samori Lawrence. And he's a big leader on that team. Um, but they're getting great play from uh, uh, Kyle Wilson and uh, Cameron Kelly. And we've already mentioned the aforementioned, uh, you know, Jovan Santos Knox. Uh, I think they're as good a defense as we've seen. Um, 
you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. They give up a lot of passing yards. They give up a lot of big plays. I think they've given up 30 passes or 22 passes over 30. Uh, they're susceptible to the big play on defense. But having said that, uh, if their offense can play decent, they're missing another guy too. And I know I'm going all over. I always do this. I do this pinball thing. Uh, when you talk about Lawrence Woods, the returner's <laughs> out. If you were a pinball wizard, you'd be getting monster points right now because you've just been going and going. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I, I look at I love researching these games because I want to see who's in, who's out, and the guys that are out, are they affecting, you know, do they affect the overall performance of that team? Lawrence Wood's the number one, you know, punt returner. Uh, he's yep. got a bunch of touchdowns. Now they're going with Pappy White. Uh, you know, Julian House, we just mentioned, he's obviously, you know, leads uh, the Tie Cats with uh, five quarterback sacks. He's out. All star. Um, He's an all-star. Yeah. So they got, listen, what they've got, good thing. I, I, I listened to Orlando Steinhauer, the head coach of the, of the Thai Cats. Um, and he is very much uh, a, a clone of Michael O'Shea. You could tell well, that guy both, right? came up with yeah. the same system. I think um, they share a lot of those mentalities. Absolutely. The way they treat their players, uh, the, the culture they try and, uh, you know, to, to do there. Uh, you know, he's just one of those guys that players love playing for him. Uh, and, and they know. And so that's why I think it'll be an interesting game. If Dane Evans can play like he can play, we got us a game tomorrow. If he still struggles and throws the bad pick or fumbles, I think the Bombers are going to have a, a just a field day. Chris, uh, a couple things I will uh, chime in on. And, and while I am, I hope you can gotcha. do us all a favor. Go into your microphone settings and, and make sure you got that microphone selected because I'm pretty sure you don't have the right one. I want to make sure people can hear the legend himself uh Are you telling me I'm not on again? yeah I, I think you, you you got the uh the camera mic picked see if you can figure it out I, i'll just mention a couple things uh while we're here i will correct you i hate to correct you but i will yeah, do it. uh it was i am told it was a stomach virus that went through the room uh the the idea that it had something to do with with food poisoning was probably misconstrued from comments about saying i went out to dinner i came home and then i didn't feel good Circumstance. Oh, that's what I heard. Yep. I um, heard that from uh, I heard that from Craig Dickinson. That's the head coach. His his tenth touchdown of the season leads the CFL. Dominique Grimes has nine. Shown has ten. To be a rookie and have a number like that, and then also lead the league is really something. I love what Joe Pascucci, legendary television reporter and CFL historian here in Winnipeg. Um, he's now moved on uh, in retirement and, and living out of the province, but um, he put it out there that that rookie record set by uh, a Winnipeg Blue Bomber in 1952 or 1955, I think, was actually done by an individual who played four years in the NFL. Dalton Schoen was in some NFL facilities, but never made an active roster, never played in a game. For him to play his first pro football and lead the league in touchdowns in his rookie season uh, really is something uh you yes. mentioned uh those guys out and, and no doubt julian hauser huge hit to the hamilton tiger cats defensive front they're also without of course simone lawrence still on the six game injured list but it's uh the offense that has taken huge hits this season including yes. somebody i know you got huge respect for his game uh and that's chris van zyl he's been on the six game for a good stretch of time as has yeah. been Canadian offensive lineman Alex Fontana. Uh, Mike O'Shea mentioning this week that while, yeah, the turnovers haven't been great and their ability to finish games has not been great, so many tight losses the Ticats have had amongst their nine L's this season. And the turnovers, of course, it's been all of that change up on the offensive line that has been very, very hard for them to, to kind of navigate. Uh, they're going to dress yeah. seven offensive lineman tomorrow which tells you how things are kind of shaken out they want to make sure they have uh some extra bodies there if they need them it's really weird when you think about it because they've shifted everybody around obviously the only constant in that has been revenberg and kelly uh right now uh, riley uh, tyrone riley is getting his first start to north carolina uh, uh state north carolina uh, state he's getting at left tackle with the last week, they had uh, Woodmansky playing center, Beard playing right guard. Now they've got Beard back at center. He's a guy that they, they acquired from Edmonton. Uh, he's a perennial all-star, so that's a big thing for them. Woodmansky shifts now to right guard. But anytime you make these kind of shifts, obviously there's a change in the chemistry and the continuity among that uh, among that O-line. So, yeah, that'll be a big thing. And uh, They're also missing 
uh, Don Jackson. Uh, you know, he's their premier running back. So now they're going with a kid they like. They barely run the ball, right? Like, have you seen a team in the CFL not run not, the way the Ticats don't run? They do not have one guy over 100 yards this year as far as rushing. Yeah. Um, it's it's not good. I mean, uh, this is a team that used to love to run. They've got Wes Hills playing. Uh, guy out of Delaware, 6'1", 220. He had plays. This is his second game. He played one game. He rushed eight times for 40 yards, five-yard average. Um, so he, and then they obviously got, uh, Sean Thomas Erlington, uh, in there as well, but you're right. They don't run the ball. And that's very surprising. Tommy Kendall, the offensive coordinator, you think he would utilize that to take some pressure off of whoever's back there taking the ball at the quarterback position. So to me, uh, if they do not establish the run and it's become one dimensional, it just plays into Winnipeg's, uh, uh, Winnipeg's defense. I mean, Willie Jefferson, you know, obviously the player of the week again, him and, uh, uh, Zach Kolaris. Uh, this outstanding game, you know, he's got nine pass down, uh, pass knockdowns. He's number two. He's got a couple sacks last week. It's back up to number seven again. Uh, so you know what? He's, uh, these guys are just playing well. And, uh, if, if Hamilton wants to live and die by the pass, I think they're going to die before they live. Uh, the live chat saying, uh, you sound absolutely minty right now. And I definitely agree. Your microphone, uh, hands changed, down right? so much. So up, much Whoever up, gave uh, you that microphone, Chris, they know yeah. what they're doing. They know yeah, that was the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's a good uh, egg, that guy. Uh, uh, I, 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 I don't think we should bury the lead here. And in talking about the Hamilton Tiger Cats offense, they're going up against a very different looking Blue Bombers secondary oh, yeah. in particular. We're going to get to that in a second, but I would just want to draw attention to this. Uh, yes. White and Dunbar. These two guys, not Poppy White, but Tim White Jr. White, and yeah. or pardon me, Tim White the third. And Lawrence Dunmar Jr., these two guys are legit quarterbacks. I know Dane Evans has had a tough year with turnovers in fourth quarters and, and kind of blowing games, but he can throw the lights out. Watch for White in the slot, Dunbar at the wideout, and they'll move those guys around. But going up against a Blue Bombers defensive secondary, Chris, that will look different. Uh, Winston Rose. Since the injury to uh, Demario Houston has been playing that boundary corner next yep. to Dietrich Nichols. I'm going to zoom in a little bit closer just so uh, people can maybe see if they're watching on their phone. That'd be better. Uh, yeah. It looks like but there he is. The man people have been waiting for since the gray cup victory in Hamilton. He returns for the first time on the same field where he injured his knee in the championship last season, Brandon Alexander back and starting at free safety, he has looked fresh. He has looked quick. He has looked athletic in practice. Uh, that's a huge return, but here's the concern. Jamal Parker, inexperienced rookie, stepping in for the injured Demario Houston, as I mentioned. And yeah. with Nick Taylor going down last week, Chris, Evan Holm, who has been pretty much just a kick returner and a reserve for the Blue Bombers, he steps into a halfback spot. This, to me, is the matchup of the game. Don't sleep on uh, Dane Evans. He can throw the football, and Hamilton loves to throw the football. Watch this side of the field here, and if Brandon Alexander can be that all-star caliber player we know him to be to help these young guys out. Yeah, I, I just think people should not expect him to come back and be the all-star Brandon Alexander first game. Uh, you know, he's yeah, an upgrade, he, would you say? Uh, oh, he's, he's a, well, he's a stud. He's an all-star and that's why he's, you know, that, but, but the fact is he's been out for a long time and all of a sudden now you got to get your reads back. Listen, he's a very intelligent guy. I know he's coaching all the DBs all the time. He's helping them and making sure they're in the right spot. So he's from the mental part of it. He's not going to be hurting. It's the body part. It's the, uh, knowing where to go. Uh, you know, just basically getting up there when he throw, I think he'll be happy when he gets his first hit. Cause remember they don't do much yeah. content in practice. So it'll be interesting to see when he lays a lick on somebody. I think you're going to see him jump up and feel pretty good. And that's when you know a guy is back. Because uh, there's always that hesitation about the one hit. Whether you're a lineman, whether you're a quarterback, you always want to get that one hit out of your way. So that's uh, so what I'm looking forward to him. And you're interesting. You're right. Evan Holm, 5'11". Jamal Parker, only five foot eight. Well, that's uh, pretty common now, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they go more for speed. And I think that's one of the things that O'Shea has said about Evan Holm, the kid out of UND. He's got great speed, and he's a very intelligent young man. He's in meetings. He's uh, he's soaking everything up like a sponge, like he should. Uh, obviously, very excited to get his first start. But they're also dressing a ton of guys. I mean, they got J.T. Hassel. They got M Malcolm Thompson. They got Nick Hallett. 
they can move guys around if one of yeah. these guys unfortunately struggles. Uh, so they're doing a smart thing by having enough guys in there to protect themselves against anything. Hassel, another rookie, and really just signed to the team uh, a couple weeks ago. So uh, I'm sure they're hoping not to have to rely on him. Let's not forget about Tyrell Ford, the 2022 draft pick. uh, Absolutely blazed in the 40-yard dash at the CFL Combine uh, this past spring. And then, of course, Shane Gauthier, once again, stepping in at weak side linebacker. You'll see Jesse Briggs. You'll see Cole, uh, and you'll see Les Maruo all working in tandem with Adam Big Hill. Uh, in that linebacking core with both Malik Clements and Kyrie Wilson injured right now. Some people asking about the uh, nature of the Drew Wolitarski injury. He is indeed out and on the Blue Bombers six-game injured list. Uh, oh, pardon me. He's on the, he's on the one game. That, that's my mistake. So Wolitarski, Nick Taylor, and... Um, uh, Malik Clements all remain on the one game injured list. Uh, Noah Hallett there, Theodric Hansen there as well. But with Wolitarski out, and I don't think it'll be a short term thing. I think he's going to miss a couple games. Here he is, the man I call Bolo, Brendan O'Leary Orange, son of Doyle Orange, who rushed for thousands of yards as a member of the Toronto Argonauts in years gone by. Pulls in a touchdown in the Banjo Bowl, nearly had two, Chris. And yeah. in talking to him, he says, I'm giving the football to my mom, my first pro touchdown football. And then he said, well, what did your dad have to say? And he said, you should have had that second one and was, you know, constructively criticizing him. Uh, I, I imagine as he always did, but uh, nice to have someone like Brennan O'Leary orange to step in. So the Bombers don't have to adjust the ratio elsewhere. Yeah. It's interesting too. And I, listen, you've, you've been, uh, you're talking uh, the accolades of Brandon O'Leary Orange for a long time. And uh, unfortunately, he's just a good receiver who's stuck behind a lot of very good receivers. Obviously, that injury to Walatarski hurts him. I mean, uh, the guitar picker, he's, he was having a career year. I mean, he was just everywhere. He was becoming, again, with him and and Dalton shown that the, the way they are making the second down conversions, both of them one, two. Um, and Dalton still leads the CFL with 28 second down conversions. Uh, just a great relationship with uh, Zach Kolaris. But again, there's a thing. I, I remember I watched the game. I was at the uh, in the box after signing autographs last week, and I saw Stanley Bryant go down. I went, oh, my Lord, don't lose yeah. that guy. Because, I mean, he is. And actually, I looked up today, and he's, he's in it. Uh, he'll be in his 183rd straight game without injury. That's crazy. 183 straight. Uh, they, they did rest him one game last season. Yeah. But. They didn't but count it. Yeah, yeah. Effectively, that streak continues, right? That was a, a non-meaningful game, and they just that's why they that's why they don't out, hold right? against them. Yeah, yeah no, he, I mean, he's he, an absolute he, Iron Man, Stanley Bryant. I tell you what, it's interesting to look at Calgary too. I mean, Calgary, man, uh, the guy used to coach the offensive line coach in Calgary he used to coach here in Winnipeg, and uh, they're they're number one in the CFL in sacks against. They're really playing well. They got a good offensive line as well. That's the one thing about Calgary. They if they come on strong. Uh, and then I want to see what uh, Vernon Adams Jr. does in BC against Saskatchewan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'll be a big thing too. He's had a full week of practice. I mean, it's not a ton of time, but uh, he said, you know, Rick Campbell, the head coach of BC, figures he's got enough to to put in there and uh, to start him and see what happens. So they just weren't getting it done with Pipkin and the other guys. So uh, Vernon is a good addition to that team. Uh, we talked about it, and he only played like a three three plays last week because they didn't want to put him in a situation where he might get hurt because he didn't know the offense. So that was a smart move uh, mm-hmm. uh, by uh, head coach Campbell. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that game. Obviously, Saskatchewan, uh, you know, Fajardo uh, had his baby uh, baby son, uh, and there was rumors he might not play, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, uh, I think that he will play because he's going to want to, you know, make his child and his wife happy. And I think Saskatchewan, if they uh, get together, like there's some guys I think Stiegel picked uh, Saskatchewan to be one of the teams that still he figures – are in the hunt. So it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, I want- we'll see if they can eliminate Edmonton from the postseason with a win well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, how long? I mean, what kind of leash does uh, Chris Jones have over there? I mean, I know that the owner. Oh, he's got it. some time. I think Chris Jones has got some time. He just well, signed he Taylor be- Cornelius to a two-year contract extension. Yeah, yeah so- and he's getting better. Taylor Cornelius is getting better. I mean, the thing is, uh, um, it's like a training camp for those guys. Every week I look transactions. Right. These guys bring three more. Yep. In. They're trying to find that formula to put the winning track back in the Eskimos. The Eskimos are, are a winning tradition. I mean, when I played back, uh, you know, those the years I played, they were always up up in the top. They were always one of the top teams. I mean, they beat us ninety three in the Great Cup. 
still a sore point to me to this to this day. But do you want to welcome? That, sorry to interrupt you, Chris. Do you want to welcome everybody joining us on uh, the live raid from Winnipeg Sports Talk? What's going on, everybody? Yeah. Great to see you, Haas. Uh, what's going on, man? Good to see you at the uh, Blake Wheeler press conference earlier today. Tons of news in Winnipeg sports yes. today. Kenny and Rennie got a show going on. Chris, you and I got a show going on. Uh, we're here for you, sports fans. Uh, great to see that. You mentioned some of those other games across the CFL, Chris. Uh, I, yeah. I think we should draw attention to that and reminding everybody, you get a very healthy bonus if you sign up at this exclusive link sia.com slash bonfire make a deposit up to five hundred dollars they will match it dollar for dollar uh with bet credits the bombers seven and a half point favorites in hamilton on saturday afternoon the stampeders lions line has moved up and down all week it was as low as four i've seen it as high as eight it's sitting at six and a half for the stampeders right now you can keep an eye on that elks are seven point dogs in Regina, taking on the, well, assumedly now healthy stomach virus ridden uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So go check that link out, sia.com slash bonfire. Do you see, Chris, like the lead of this game, in my mind, do you see Winnipeg vulnerable with so many changes on defense against a talented Ticats offense that Mike O'Shea said himself, don't sleep on these guys. Oh, They're no. a good football team. Hey, their talent is not reflective in their record of three and nine. No, no. They're a better team than three and nine. There's no doubt about it. I agree with that 100%. You also understand that O'Shea and, and uh, Steinhauer, the head coach of Hamilton, are buddies. They uh, And both of them are brought for the same thing. You'll never hear them ever downgrade a team. It's always our next opponent. It's one and all. They both have the same philosophy. You can tell they both played on the same teams together. They coach in the same teams together. I just think that these guys are both winners. Uh, obviously, Orlando would love to have a better record in three and nine. I mean, they made the top, you know, right in the top of the East for the last couple of years. And this year, obviously, they're having some difficulties. Injuries happen. You talked about Chris Van Ziel. He was the most outstanding offensive lineman a couple of years ago. Uh, he's, he's just been uh, plagued with injuries. Hasn't been able to play much this year. I think he's had a couple of games. But I want to, I'm going to just go jump back to one thing that you, you were talking about the other games. And I watched the highlights of the Calgary game when the Calgary just, you know, they really beat the heck out of Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I thought it was really interesting to watch because they hand out game balls. And you know who, you know who hung out or handed out the offensive game ball? was Bo Levi. Oh, Bo really? Levi. And I'm thinking to myself, here's a guy who's not even starting right now. He's got to watch Jake Mayer there, the guy playing now. And yet he gets the honor of, of handing out the game ball. I thought that was just phenomenal. Uh, that, to me, is a team guy. He's yeah. not sulking. He's not, you know, he's not downgrading anybody. He's just saying, hey, I'm waiting for my opportunity. I still think I'll play. I think it'd be ridiculous uh, to trade him, but I also think that if they have to pay Jake Mayer, they can't afford both those guys. So right. that's the reason that in the offseason, I say well, you'll probably see him go somewhere. Chris, we know there will be teams vying for Bo oh, Levi sure. Mitchell services if he's made available next year. There's lots of teams in the league that need quarterback help and why not bring a guy with a winning pedigree like Bo Levi yes he's been pedestrian this year but he is a proven winner he is a proven producer and a guy you know love him or hate him I understand he's a polarizing figure in the Canadian Football League amongst fans but the guy is a leader and people respect him so to to add him to your team if you're somebody that is is looking for quarterback help like many teams are uh, I think that's a no-brainer let me ask you this Bluto Yes. I see three teams right now that can win the Grey Cup. At number three, I have the Toronto Argonauts because I expect them to win the East. And when you win the East, you're one game away. One game. Anybody can win one game. That's right. You're one game away from winning the 109th Grey Cup. At number one, to bookend it. I have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No question the favorite across the league to win a third straight Grey Cup. But a team that I think people are sleeping on and not giving enough respect to is the Calgary Stampeders. Bo had been pedestrian all year. They put in Jake Mayer. This looks like a rejuvenated Calgary Stampeders team that in the end will come down to health. If their defensive backfield, similar to Winnipeg's, can get healthy, I think Calgary in the West final could 
give the Winnipeg Blue Bombers a serious run for their money. Are the Bombers the favorites? No question. Do I think Winnipeg will win those games? I do, but Calgary is capable of beating them. Agree or disagree? I agree, I think, but I, I, I'll put a close second to Calgary in BC if Nathan Rourke comes back before the end of the year. I think Nathan Rourke's no that kind of a special yet. guy that will bring something special to BC again. If he gets to and that, somebody told me that he might come back by the end of October, uh, and that's just throughout the, the great twenty-four year old. You want you want to rush him and risk it? Well, you're right, one hundred percent. But you know what? It depends on what their record is at the time and what, what they're going to do. If, if if Vernon Adams comes up and lights it up, then BC, I don't think are going to worry about it. They won't rush him. But if they're struggling a little bit, I mean, you saw what he did. I mean, the guy had twenty-five touchdown passes. No He's doubt, like three games already. Uh, I, I, that's why I think BC is, is, is kind of a, they're a gray dog with me. They're, they're right kind of in the, in a shadow, but I agree with your three picks. I think McLeod Bethel Thompson in Toronto, who's leading the league in passing right now. I like the way the kid throws the ball. I've always has, I said, this guy, you know, he doesn't run very often when he does, he makes positive yards. I think he's got one of the better arms in the CFL and he's got some good receivers now in, in Toronto. Uh, they're, they're playing well. Their defense is playing well. Uh, they, I agree with you. They're going to make a lot of noise out there. Now, that's why I think Hamilton's saying, you know, we need to get going. Obviously, Ottawa lost again. Uh, they're really getting, you know, it's almost to the point where they're going to have to wash the season. Uh, but then you look at Montreal and Montreal. So it's basically a two-horse race in the East. And I think Hamilton can climb the climb the ladder. But I agree Are you counting you Montreal out? Yeah. You know what? I, I love Montreal's offense, or defense, excuse me. I'm not sold on their offense. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Trevor Harris. Sold. Uh, yeah, I'm sometimes not, you not, get good. Sometimes you get good Trevor Harris. Sometimes yep. you get bad Trevor yep. Harris. They used to say that about Henry Burris. Do you get Absolutely. good Hank yeah. or bad Hank? Well, I Hank think it's won. the same well, situation with well, Trevor Harris. Won too. Trevor's won too when he was with Ottawa. He's yeah. won the Great Cup too. So I mean, yeah, I don't want to downgrade him, but it's just you know, I just think that uh, you know, if I look at all the horses in the race right now, I mean, I agree with you 100. percent The Bombers are obviously favorite. Uh, if they win tomorrow, they they secure a home field gap. No matter what, they secure a home field uh, game. So that's huge. Or they get Calgary gets beaten. If Calgary loses, Bombers still get a home field uh, game. Right. But, and and I've know. seen some people uh, misconstrue this. So if the Bombers win on Saturday and Calgary loses at home to BC, definitely not favored to happen. But if that happens, Winnipeg wins and Calgary loses, Winnipeg would not lock the west final they would lock a home yeah. playoff date that would either be the west semi-final or the west final still to be determined but at 12 and 2 and winnipeg looking at a bye following this hamilton game home to saskatchewan home to edmonton and then at bc before their final bye week of the season and then home to bc to finish things up like this is their second last home game of the year we've seen how advantageous a sold out raucous ig field the madhouse on madison has been for this winnipeg blue bombers team they've got a whole pile of home games left and if they win in a calgary loss they're gonna get a home playoff date as well it's good for the bottom line it's good for the blue bombers coffers financially yeah. oh but it's time. also very good for this team because they have been lights out at home for years now well it's interesting you say that because i was talking to dave reed one of the um, advertising gurus in the bombers before the game of the Banjo Bowl, and he said they're doing so well with advertising and, and, and dollars in the bank. And, and it's probably one of the first games I've gone to where I got there early. And even before the, uh, you know, the pre-walkthrough where guys are out there before the, uh, you know, the game, uh, it was packed. The place was going bananas already. And usually it, they, they walk in during the game. You know what I mean? Uh, this the, Everybody was in their seats. Everybody was singing. Everybody was screaming. Uh, just a tremendous, tremendous feeling. Awesome uh, great. I loved it. Listen, it was a great game. Um, I, I it, it, you know, it's, the Bombers played so well. And obviously, Saskatchewan had some issues. I'm not going to make excuses for him. I think, like I said, I think the Bombers would have beat him anyway. But uh, that's why I'm looking forward to this game now. Listen, it's a, it's a rival. Bombers are 7-0 and on the road. They've only got two more road games. Uh, if they went tomorrow, they're eight. No, I mean, they've lost only one game and they shouldn't have lost that. That was a game against Montreal where they hit the, missed the two field goals. And speaking of that, you got to give him a little credit. Mr. Mr. Mark Allegia with the 55 yarder. And he's what three for three in his last two games. So Mr. Convert though. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. You know what? That what was is it about 
32 yep. yarders for him. It's been yeah. tough. Well, that's, if you look at his record, I mean, that's the thing. He's, he struggles. That's just where he struggles all the time. It's the closer ones. Uh, yep. He's two for two over 50 or whatever. He's one for one over 50. He's, uh, that, but, yeah. Anyway, he's been he's been. I mean, he's, he's punting a second down. He's punting the heck out of the ball. Directional punting is phenomenal. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's eighty six percent now. Uh, these kickers nowadays, both here and in the NFL, they're crazy. You know, the old days <laughs> was a great kick. Now they're kicking fifty eight yarders. I think the one kid kicked a sixty yarder. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable. Like. Well, they did you watch college football this past weekend? Like they were missing kicks like crazy. I don't know what's yeah. in the water in the air these days. Well, I don't uh, know kickers the are, are having or trouble. Helium in the football. Because I tell you what, that ball is flying. Yeah, uh, it's inflate gate. Now, having said that, the weather, bombers. I just want to add this here, DB, being the astute weatherman that I am. I had my weather rock out there. It was wet, so I knew it was raining. Um, but yeah, it's twenty-seven and sunny. In Hamilton tomorrow, and what anybody has played in Hamilton knows it is muggy. Mm -hmm. The water coming, it just gets humid. But I mean, I think they're probably happy as heck they don't have to play here with all the rain. Uh, you know, and obviously we're talking about kicking. If they had to kick here in the rain, that ball gets wet. You talk to Troy Westwood, you talk to Bobby Cameron. It's like mm -hmm. kicking a sack of potatoes. You know what I mean? It's uh, you're not going to see these huge, humongous kicks anymore. And as the weather gets colder, I think you're not going to see as much either because the ball starts to get hard. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, the fans in Hamilton uh, are going to have a great game tomorrow. They get to watch the two-time Grey Cup champs who have basically smashed them in the face two times, uh, actually in that field, too, where they won the Grey Cup. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously going back, a lot of good memories there. Uh, I think, was it was it the overtime game last year? It year? was. Yeah, the triple tip interception to seal it. Uh, that was crazy. Eh? I mean, Bombers just, oh, they just do it all the time. And they, like to me, that's the only thing that scares me about this team is they've had a lot of really things go their way early. And I and you're always trying to build. I mean, this game they played against Saskatchewan would be the game that I like to see them play at the end of the year because they were just near perfect except for the Mary Alford uh, kick return. But having said that, uh, this is where it gets fun because, uh, you know, Bombers have got a big, you know, they got a bit of a lead on uh, everybody in a second. But, uh, you know, as well as I do, and you see, I think you hit it right on the head. In a 60-minute game of football, in a one-game mm -hmm. take all, boy, I tell you, and the Bombers getting injuries now. Like you talk about the injuries. You got Evan Holm coming in there. You got Jamal Park. You got basically a rookie right side now. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they, they could either have a great day or they could get, uh, they might have some issues. We'll have to see. This is why I love about this game is, you know, the Bombers have been very fortunate, knock on wood, about, you know, losing key players. Uh, they just keep filling them. Danny McManus and all those uh, scouts that down there, they find these guys, and it's a plug-and-play system. They just put them in there, and boom, they don't seem to miss a beat. So. so the major news going into this game, outside of the matchups themselves, which will be fascinating to watch, in particular Winnipeg's defensive secondary, as you were mentioning, Chris, against Dane Evans and a very talented pass-heavy Hamilton Tiger Cats offense. The, the main story going into this game is, of course, the return of Brandon Alexander, the last yep. game he played on this same field at yep. Tim Horton's field, the donut box, uh, as they call it, where he suffered that knee injury in the 108th Grey Cup. He is back in the lineup for Saturday, as is fellow uh, safety Malcolm Thompson and Michael Couture at center but not starting chris kolonkowski listed as the starter couture and dobson both listed as reserves tell us what you think about that chris and, and somebody that broke his arm has needed six seven eight weeks to to come back um it's not his snapping arm as a center michael couture is it's his left arm but mm -hmm. coming back playing with a cast and and being a reserve in that first game back I think it's a smart move, and I think it. I think it reflects on the play of Chris Kolonkowski. Kolonkowski has played, and, I, and I'll just take the words right out of uh, Coach O'Shea, who said he's just been excellent. He's played very well. He's fit in like a glove. Uh, he gets along with the guys. He makes the calls. He understands, and he has that thing they all look for in the O line in Winnipeg. He's got a bit of a tough streak, little mean streak, and they like that about him. They, there's no need to, to rush Michael back in. Do I think Michael will play tomorrow? Absolutely. I mm -hmm. think he'll get some snaps. Absolutely. You're not dressing a guy that was a, 
you know, a CFLPA a, a, a nominee or the award winner at that center All-star, position. Yeah. Uh, All-star, thank you. Just to not, you know, just address him for looks. I think that, uh, you know, he'll, he'll go in there and get some reps and Kolonkowski will slowly probably get moved over. But Kolonkowski is what he's done for himself is he's secured himself a future. He's going to be a good football player and he's going to play yep. somewhere and he, I, he'll be in Winnipeg for a long time. I think he's young. Uh, he can play guard position. I don't think he can play tackles, but I think he can play either guard position. So I think that uh, the young man will be, uh, he's not going to be hurting. Uh, he'll be collecting a paycheck uh, for quite a while. Uh, Stanley Bryant on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers injury report this week. He just took a vet day on day one of practice. So nothing of concern there outside of ensuring the workload is managed for a veteran absolute Ironman player that does not miss games uh, in yeah. Stanley Bryant. Michael Couture, as we mentioned, backing up at center. And then some of the changes, maybe most notably on the defensive side of the ball. We mentioned Alexander and Malcolm Thompson back at safety. Nick Hallett uh, listed there as well. Noah, his brother, one game back after a long-term injury to his knee, back on the one-game injury list, which is tough to see. Evan Holmes starting at halfback in place of Nick Taylor, who was spotted in a walking boot at practice this week. He is on the one game, so more positive than being placed on the sixth, uh, on the sixth game. Uh, Jamal Parker starting at corner of course Demario Houston on the six game injured list I'll be honest with you Chris just reading the body language on someone like Demario Houston uh, it does not look good for a speedy return for him although that is just speculation but talk about a guy that could have been the DeAndre Alford of 2022 Demario Houston stepped in as a second year bomber um, and captured the boundary corner spot Injury has derailed his season, and I'm sure the yeah. Blue Bombers are hoping the best for him there. But with Taylor out, enters uh, Evan Holm. Uh, and then, uh, of course, with Drew Wolitarski out, Brendan O'Leary-Orange starting at wide receiver. Pulled in a touchdown, uh, as did Nick Dembski in the Banjo Bowl. Chris, let's talk a little bit more about Nick Dembski and just how important and impactful he has been. I've been talking about it all season with uh, Zach Schnitzer on uh, game day after dark, which we always do post game here on the channel uh, live as well as bonfire midweek, Wednesday nights at seven 30. I've said it. Nick Dembski's time is now no longer is Andrew Harris, the star from Winnipeg on this blue bombers team, Nick Dembski born, raised Oak park high school and the star Winnipegger on this blue bombers team. Yeah, career high, six touchdowns. He's playing extremely well. Two last week against Saskatchewan. I mean, he's just a guy that gets it done. He's the X factor. I always talk about a guy that breaks a game open. That's the kind of guy he is. Always finds a way to get behind coverage or make a big play, and especially when they need it. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. He's probably going to get a little bit of recognition this year, hopefully as a star, uh, maybe as a nominee. Uh, but when you're a 12-1 and team, and I only say what they are right now, uh, there's a lot of guys that they can put up for when you guys start your voting. Uh, it becomes a, a you know a tough thing because you got a, a number of players you can pick from. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I really like him. I, I think that he's one of those guys. Uh, you know, he wanted to come back to Winnipeg. He was in Saskatchewan for a couple of years. He was, you know, I don't think he had. He was. He wasn't the kind of player he is now in Saskatchewan. But I, I think they all knew he was going to be. He's young. He's young there, right? Oh, he's young, but I mean, and he was Chris Jones. We got to remember that Chris Jones does not like paying skilled Canadians. He will pay the offensive linemen. He will pay athletes on defense, but he does not like paying high priced Canadian ball carriers and receivers like Nick Dembski. Uh, A lot of people saying like, how did Saskatchewan let Nick Dembski go? The answer is words, Chris Jones and uh, to the benefit uh, of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, you're right, Travis. Uh, Sask did give up on Nick Dembski. Big shout out to everybody joining us live here yeah, on YouTube, no watching on Facebook or Twitter right now. Head over to youtube.com slash bonfire sports. Everybody right now, do us a favor, head down to the video below, give us a thumbs up, consider subscribing if you haven't. Uh, and then if you do subscribe, you can ring the bell. You'll know when we're live pregame, postgame, and midweek. We've also been talking a little bit of NFL. Uh, on the channel as of late, and uh, we'll get a little bit of Jets action uh, this coming winter as well. And 
I do have to mention this, Chris. Speaking of the Jets, if you guys are on Instagram, even if you're not, go over to Instagram, bonfire.sports. Simple enough. Uh, you will find uh, tons of content there uh, from Winnipeg Jets prospects, Chaz Lucius, and, um, oh gosh, the, the name, Cole Perfetti, uh, and Brad Lambert, uh, as well as Blake Wheeler and head coach Rick Bonus. And the huge earth shattering news today that Blake Wheeler, no longer the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, giving up the C after six seasons, or at least it's been yeah. taken away from him. Yeah, no word a- on who is going to wear the A's this year. And Chris, in, in, in being at that press conference today and talking with local media about the Jets, leadership, game day yeah. experience, everything, polar opposites right now are the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and the Winnipeg Jets. The Banjo Bowl was rocking at the Madhouse on Madison. The team is screws tight, locked in, and they are coming off back-to-back Grey Cups, sitting at 12-1 and one on the season. Everything's going the right way because of the leadership and the self-governance that Mike O'Shea has in this locker room. He's not barking orders. He's got Adam Big Hill and Zach Kolaris yeah. and Nick Dembski and Pat Newfeld and uh, Willie Jefferson and Brandon Alexander and all those guys okay. handling things in the locker room. Is that different from your time of playing with Cal and Mike Riley? Uh, maybe so a little bit. Cal was basically the general and he was the general. He didn't, I mean, we still had guys and I, I, I think O'Shea is still a general. I think he's got a bunch of lieutenants and captains in the guys you talk about in Big Hill and Willie Jefferson and Brandon Alexander. You know, he's not playing until t- yesterday or tomorrow. He's got a lot of guys that show leadership qualities. Uh, you know, when I talk about the, when you bring up the stuff about the Jets, and I, it makes me sad because I think about a guy that, as you say, wore that C for six years and all of a sudden it's taken away from I mean, I, I just as an individual, if, if I was a captain and they said to me, you know what, Chris, we have to give the C out, take it up, I'd be hurt. I don't understand. What, I don't want to know. I, I'd want to, I, 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 do I want to even play here anymore? You know, it's well, humbling. And it's humbling. Blake Wheeler talked about that today. He talked about, you know, the reports. He was asked by Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, reports that the team and him were trying to work out a trade to, to, to have his time move on from Winnipeg. He said, hey, anytime you have a disappointing season, uh, you look in the mirror and him as captain looked in the mirror and said, you know, maybe, maybe it's time to move on. Um, but ultimately that didn't happen. He says he is... Um, uh, you know, uh, dedicated and uh, happy to be here in Winnipeg, but sure. to take the C away from him and not even name the guys who will get the A, they wouldn't no. speak to Mark Shifley and whether he has the A. What really stood out to me, Chris, and, and tell me if, if I'm way off base here, the team says, we have a new coaching staff. We need to learn who these guys are to find out who our leaders are. Yeah. And then at the same time, almost in the same breath, they know Blake Wheeler is not the guy. How does a head coach arrive to a team and say, he's not our guy, but we don't know who the guy is after six years. That's a damnation on Blake Wheeler. That's a damnation on the captain. When last thought, when, when Rick bonus talked about what they're looking for, he literally said, we want a guy who's going to come to the rink energized and not be like, oh, here's another day of skate and video. And then they want a guy who is happy to be here and how yeah. how uh, blessed they are to live an NHL lifestyle, both coaches and players. It's, well, it's about it too. I mean, we're, we're talking about it's crazy. We're night and day. If you want to compare CFL and NHL, we're night and day. I mean, these guys are millions of dollars. I mean, four or five million a year. Step up to your mic there, Chris. I want to hear you. It's just so much money, man. I mean, to me, it's just night and day from salaries. But, yeah, you know what? There comes a time, and, I mean, I think it's reflect. I know they tried to blame Paula Police and say he let, uh, you know, the old coach, uh, not Paul Paul Maurice, sorry, that he uh, let, uh, you know, the the players get, you know, out of control a little bit. I don't think that's right. He got hired right away uh, to another coaching position. I think they liked him. But I think they have to have somebody to have to answer. I mean, Anytime you have 20 guys in a locker room, it's different than 45. But there's always a little bit of a division. But if you have if you have good players, they they don't let that division destroy the chemistry in a room. So I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And I think uh, they they obviously had a divided locker room. I heard stories when uh, Buffalo was there that Buffalo couldn't take it anymore. It was 
he didn't like the fact that this room was just full of too many characters. Do you know what enough. Paul Maurice said three years ago about Dustin Bufflin and Blake Wheeler without saying their names? He literally said, somebody reminded me of this today down at the rink. Paul Maurice said, one guy runs the locker room and the other guy's the captain. Yeah, that's that's wild. Well, that's exactly. And then two years later, the head coach well, walks it. away. I'll ask you, Chris Walby, as I've asked everybody in you know in, in my general vicinity over the last several weeks, frankly, last several months. When is the last time a head coach in pro sports, any pro sport, any pro sport, walked away mid-season, not fired, not dismissed, not demoted, walked away on his own volition? That's when the inmates have taken Never over happened. the asylum. That's what happened. The inmates take over, and your and your warden, who is Paul Maurice, has no control anymore. And he's and he, and he loses. They say he loses control over the players, or the players have basically shut it, shut out their. Uh, Said they need a new voice. Anymore. Yeah, they need, they need a, new a new voice. voice. Well, I like their new coach. I think he's going to be great. I love the fact what he's doing. I love the fact he's shaking it up. Listen, they weren't going anywhere. They were. They were. You know, there was a couple of years ago they were in the playoffs. We thought they might go all the way. Then they had a struggling year last year. They've got a lot of issues, a lot of finger pointing. And there's a lot of stories coming out of that locker room. Of course, we're not in that locker room, so we can't really speak to it. It's all speculation. But I mean, we we know a lot of the guys that play on the play on the team, and you know, you can kind of get a gist of what's going on. Uh, so I like the fact that he got a new guy and, uh, you know, he's going to, you know, say, hey, listen, this is the way it's going to be. We're not going to have one guy run it. We're going to have a bunch of leaders do it. And that's why I love spreading out. Hey, that's smart move to me. That's just smart. Get seven or, you know, three or four leaders uh, from, you know, defense to, you know, I've seen goalies with the A. It doesn't matter, right? It's just a matter of having the right characters there that are going to keep that locker room on the same length and the same path toward winning and having fun. It's all about fun. Yeah, if you're going right. to work and you're not liking it because, you know, J Joey Jackoff's not doing anything for you. Well, you know, <laughs> you, 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 so, yeah, you know, you know yeah, yeah. No, no, no. You, you know, said it right. Crazy, you said it you right. It's, it's very anyway. true. Anyway, that's yep. enough for the Jets. Let's get, let's well, just finish up a little bit on, uh, on, 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 on this game. Well, I, I wanted to segue through that. And, and, and of course, that lack of leadership or lack of direction in the locker room, so different than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And yeah. at 12 and 1, and things seemingly locked up, but not. Winnipeg has remained extremely focused and not taking the three and nine last place Hamilton Tiger Cats lightly. On that note, Chris, your keys to the game that put Winnipeg at 13 and one on Saturday afternoon and in position to host a home playoff game if they get a little bit of help in Alberta. Well, I, I mean, seriously, I mean, obviously they're lucky that uh, Lawrence Wood's not playing the return guy from Hamilton. He's a he's a breaker. I think the special teams, I think they're going to have to wake up. I mean, obviously they went to films, and uh, they probably understood that, hey, listen, we let uh, Mario Alford run but on his back off to start the, on a kickoff return for a touchdown. Can't have that against this team. You can't give Hamilton any kind of life. Uh, defensively, you just got to get into Dane's grill get in his face again, uh, make him, force him to make bad decisions. Listen, if I'm Hamilton, I'm going to have to try and run that football. Now you got West Hill, so I guess he's going to try and run the football. We'll Big see. Back. They got to do it. If they don't, if they become one, so for Winnipeg, defensively, make Hamilton one-dimensional. Make Dane beat you through the air. And on offense, I think it's the same thing. Stay on the football field. And the, and the reason I say that is the way they played, you know, 80% on second down conversions last week against Saskatchewan. But Hamilton's a different animal. They're number one in two and outs. They're number one in second down, uh, not allowing second down conversions. This is going to be a big test for the Bombers to get good first down production so they can stay on the football field. And that, my friend, is what I'm saying. No, I'm with you there. Uh, I think if... Like Hamilton just doesn't run the ball. You know, no. they, they've not had a, a heavy workhorse guy. And, and with Don Jackson out, I can't see them going to a young guy and, and really making him a workhorse with a, a you know, a, a tendency buster uh, run game from a pass heavy Ticats offense. That said, if they don't balance it out, there's Willie Jefferson, there's Jackson Jeffcoat ready to tee off. My one key to the game, however, is the other side of the football. The Hamilton Tiger Cats defensive secondary is talented. Jumal Roll, Kiriel Brooks, Tunde Ndeleke, versatile athletic trio there, let alone Richard Leonard, 
who has been a longtime all-star halfback in the CFL this year. We know Javan Santos knocks at middle linebacker and how athletic and rangy he is. Cameron Kelly, one of the best, if not the best, dimebacker in the CFL today. So many of those guys, very, very impactful players. Dylan Wynn, Micah Johnson on the interior, but you got young players on the edges in Crawford and Winnipeg native Mason Bennett. To me, the key is to get Brady Oliveira smashing heads and running north-south to get things a little bit more balanced and take away some of that coverage pressure that a talented defensive secondary in the Ticats and, and, and that they bring. Very good points. I think you covered basically the whole team on that one, but that was good. Uh, no, just the other thing is, I, want, I love Andrea's comment. I'm just going to end this here. I guess Miller on special teams will have to finally come to practice. And she knows that we talk about it all the time that, he just basically holds a bag, it gets off the field, goes have some chicken wings, comes back, plays the game. Man, well, you know, he was at LeBurger Week. He was at LeBurger Week with the guy. Oh, that's right. Everybody's on LeBurger Week. They need to get us on the LeBurger Week. It's over now. Somebody texted me. They texted the hotline right here. 204-816-TIPS-816-8477. Uh, chime in anytime. You got a question. Uh, you got a comment. Let it fly. Uh, asked me, can Chris Walby eat an entire Walby burger? Well, you know as well as I do, DB, that they haven't even let me try one yet. I have, uh, yeah, that's this blasphemy. That, yeah, it's not, uh, it's not good, but uh, yeah, I, I took a picture with a guy, the other, uh, a young lady, sorry, and a young lad who came up to Alumni Alley and they had one. It is a huge burger. There's no doubt about it. I love the fact they're still doing it. Uh, I still think they should probably have a beer to go with it. Uh, I think that'd be a perfect marriage. And uh, for some reason, we're not doing that yet, but uh, maybe next year we'll uh, tie something in there. Uh, otherwise, I'll just, you know, listen, listen, have a great game, the Bombers. I just want to say this. It's raining out. It has somewhat dampened my thirst, but I still think I'll have a couple cold ones. It's a Friday. I was going to go to the lake tomorrow, but it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, so I may just end up going and watch the game, but I'll have to go to Lake on Sunday. I haven't been there for a while. So, it's, you know, I just want to make sure I can get out there. Because uh, right now, the last time I walked in there, the mice were in there and they were smoking cigarettes, having a good time. So, <laughs> I got, you know, they took over my they, they get into your luckies? Oh, they're in everywhere. They're all, you know, a couple of guys were pouring shots of whiskey. I said, hey, you little buggers, get out of here. I don't <laughs> like those mice, man. They're, they're good guys. But anyway, uh, I got to go. I got to go pick up some people. You know, I got to go pick up a beer with his dad. I have to ask you really quickly. Rob Mahoney yeah. asked earlier. Ask Chris Walby what he most dislikes about Zach Schnitzer as you met him at the Banjo Bowl. I don't have anything. I like Zach Schnitzer. I'll tell you what, if I was in prison, I'd make him my snowmate. <laughs> yeah, see, Andrea says, I don't think Darren will ask Chris. Well, I showed you both. I did ask Chris that. Yeah, uh, is Michael really Petun starting Saturday? No, he is a backup. It will be Chris Kolonkowski once again. Donnie Boy wants to know, when does Drew Brown get into the game? Well, he got into the Banjo Bowl, threw a touchdown uh, to Dalton Schoen to lead the CFL with 10 on the season. Maybe we'll see more Drew Brown in this final stretch here. Uh, and final thing, Chris, before we let you go, people want to know, could the Blue Bombers pry Alden Darby from the Hamilton Tiger Cats and bring him back to Winnipeg? And my answer no. is this, especially no. at this point in the season, why would no. anybody want to help the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I know they're looking, but why would anybody want to help Winnipeg bolster one of their thinner positions? Not going to happen. Hamilton's still in the races, and until they get finally kicked out, but the only time they look at it, then you're not going to bring a guy over for two games. They're going to go within their own house, and uh, they'll they'll get guys. They've got guys. I mean, look at Donald Rutledge Jr. You got Shane Gauthier, Phils. They got enough guys. So no, uh, Alden Darby. Uh, you traded in. You wanted to go to Hamilton. You're in Hamilton. So stay with the Stripes, brother. Stay with the Tide Cats. You come over here, we'll hunt you down like a wild animal. Well, there right, you go. go. Uh, Chris will be said it. So uh, on that note, Chris, thank you, everybody. Head over to SIA.com slash bonfire. Sign up. Get your bonus. Put a little sprinkle on the CFL games this weekend. NFL, NHL, everything else. Props, futures. They got you covered. There you go. Thanks, couple, Chris. Couple fists, buddy. We'll, uh, we got a bye next week, so we'll see you in a couple weeks, okay? Are you serious? We have a bye? Well, bye-bye. <laughs> Cheers, my friend. There goes Chris Walby, and uh, quickly he goes, uh, so I'll put a cap on this one. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you. Game day after dark with myself and Zach Schnitzer, as we always do. 
following Bombers Ticats on Saturday. We will see you then here on Bonfire Sports. (laughs) 